On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we put on our O face and talk Aaron Rodgers, decide if this is a Team Boyle or Team Kaiser podcast, and cover the wide receiver crew. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan Foose, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. How Hello, we doing? Oh, nice teamwork on that one. <laughs> Unison. Best we'll teamwork with, we've seen all week. We'll start with Josh. Can you give me one fact about Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Um, it is the home of the Winnipeg Jets. That is all I know. That oh, is nice. honestly all I know. <laughs> we're, we're now a crossover pod. I like I it. I was going to say, uh, little known fact, it's in Canada. Yep. All football fields there are 80 yards. Oh, <laughs> we also got to complete the trio dan how much money would you have lost betting that saint brown was done for the season as soon as he went down oh my goodness the way he grabbed his knee did you guys catch the announcers kept talking about the headshot it yeah. was so obvious he was grabbing his knee and then you get a replay and it looks like the ankle uh, i would have put at least a mortgage payment down on it, so I would have lost a lot of money. <laughs> the way you were reacting via text, it sounded like you put a mortgage payment on it. <laughs> well, I'm obviously pulling for the guy, and uh, that wasn't pretty. It, it turns out it might not be as bad as it looked. Yeah, and that's the amazing thing is lots of injuries, but it seems as though – I know we're still waiting on a few final diagnoses, but it seems as though we might – I kind of dodged a bullet on that one. And it's interesting because we, we came out of the Ravens game. I think even Josh called it a disgrace, the, the performance. It was sluggish. It was sloppy. And we're like, it can't get any worse than this. And then we follow it up with a game in which you can't really turn away because you don't know who's going down, what's going to happen. I mean, Gary it gets injured and then comes back five oh. plays later. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. And so. And then it, gets it kinda, injured again. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh no. And uh, so a little worrisome. Uh, I guess props to Lafleur for pooling 33 players beforehand because I know I, I think we can all agree that it wasn't necessarily the field, uh, but these four games of play or uh, preseason are just are brutal, um, especially when you have games like that. Um, so yeah. I guess we'll kind of start there. Rodgers came out uh, before this even went all down and, and was pretty blunt on the fact that he has no interest in preseason. Uh, that even if they score a touchdown during preseason, it doesn't matter. He doesn't even want to celebrate. Um, but with the youth of the players, and this being Lafleur's first season, are actual game reps needed for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I guess I'll start with this. Uh, I was not, honestly, last week when, Foose, you brought this up about preseason not liking it, and I was sort of against you. I, I sort of was in on preseason, loved seeing the new guys get some work with basic uh, fundamentals. Uh, obviously, it's it's not a lot of hard play calling, uh, obviously, on the defense and offense side. Um, but after l- this past week's game, I am fully on board the Foose train of no preseason. It was it was so awful to watch um, not seeing Rodgers all preseason with anyone. Uh, it just makes me think that week one, we are going to be sluggish and behind and hopefully our defense plays well. Um, but, yeah, that's where I stand on preseason. Totally against it now. Uh, I'm all on board with getting rid of it. 
Yeah, so I, I've got a few thoughts that were hard. So first thing I wanted to get out there was game three of the preseason. That's always the one where you actually get a glimpse of what your team might look like, even though it's mm-hmm. just for an hour, right? It's for a quarter, maybe they play through the half. So I've put on my jersey that I just got from the NFL shop. Kenny Clark showed up that morning. I cut up a nice cheese plate. I got my wheat thins out. I got a beer in hand. I'm ready to watch actual Packer football. And then you turn on the pregame show, and there's a turf problem. And just flashbacks to the Hall of Fame game two years prior to that where they had to cancel the game all out. I'm like, no, come on, give me this one game before the season starts. This is the one where I can actually get into it a little bit. And then it comes out that LaFleur's sitting 33 guys, and the the jock in me was saying, stupid, I want to see Aaron Rodgers play. It's a brand-new offense. We need this. And I think I've done a full 180 as well now, so so this whole pod is team anti-preseason. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm still worried about the slow starts, but we went back uh, during the week when I had the claim that Rodgers might start slow if he's not getting his reps in the preseason, we went back and Ryan corrected me that his first four weeks are pretty comparable to the other 12 weeks in the season. Um, and, it, you know, I had flashbacks to the Bears Packer game week one of last year where the Bears came out uh, with a new offense. Right. Was it last year they had their new coach or was it two years already with Nagy with Nagy? I think yeah. last year was the first year. Yeah, yeah year. I thought so. And that first drive just had our defense on edge the entire time because we weren't quite sure how to scout the Bears, right? So how are they going to use different players? How are they going to line up? Which formations? Which kind of fakes, play action, jet sweeps? We had no idea what was coming. We have that opportunity against the same exact team now where they have no film on what we look like in a Matt LaFleur offense with Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones or Jimmy Graham or Mercedes Lewis or, for the most part, Devontae Adams. So I fully expect a hot start now at this point, if not – Twitter is going to be a terrible world to live in that night with all the takes about preseason, no one getting reps. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you can lose a season in the first couple games if it is slow. It, it does hurt a little bit that we're facing Chicago and Minnesota because that could be potentially big. Uh, I, I guess yeah. I'm just, I'm just a huge believer in swagger, and I know I get laughed at about that. But when you think about the Super Bowl champions, whether it's Patriots somehow, you know, acting as if the world's against them, whether it's the Eagles playing up that underdog, I just feel like when teams click, they make these runs. And if you remove Graham, Lewis, and Adams from the offense, and you look at the other 13 guys from Geronimo Davis, all the way down, so pretty much the seven remaining wide receivers, the two other tight ends, and the four uh, running backs. They have a total of 55 starts among those 13 players. So this this group is about as green as possible. And I know that he says that touchdowns don't matter, and I don't even need him to play that much. But if he can do one series where they drive 75 right. yards and get a touchdown and ends it right there, that entire group goes, yep, we're good to go. I don't. Yeah. I know it's football. Yeah. I know it's football, and I know the injuries are always you know in play. I just want to see them have one good drive. I don't care if it's the first game or the fourth game, but just one good drive, and then he can sit the rest of the time because no matter what you say about the joint practice, he's still wearing a red jersey. And there's a big difference between me singing in the car and yeah. me singing in a radio yeah. call. And when you know you're not going to get touched, things are much different. The speed might be there. The looks in terms of how the defense is reacting might be there. But knowing that you're not going to get hit, there is a difference, and and I trust them. I know they'll do great. I know that they'll work it out. But in Lafleur's first season, and with this young of a team, I just wish that we had at least one or two reps. So, 
I agree. There's nothing like the live bullets. I remember even back in our playing days, which was nothing glorious, but I remember the first practice of one of the years uh, I fumbled on when I got hit and it, you hadn't taken a hit in eight months. You almost forgot about the act of holding on to the football. Yeah. And that's something that's very real. Rogers isn't getting touched in any of these practices. And even if you put them in for a series, just call those short, quick hitters, get them, the, get the ball out fast. You don't have to call, you know, a play action, deep 40 yard bomb kind of thing where he could get exposed. Uh, but just get those live bullets where he is feeling the pressure, uh, but mostly staying untouched, right? Yeah. Um, that would have been ideal, but I think we're moving on without that scenario because I doubt he gets any reps next week. Yeah, yeah and I, it's 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 a bummer we didn't get to see him. It's a bummer we didn't get to see Aaron Jones. But with that, we have something mm-hmm. very, very important we need to do. We need to decide whether this podcast is Team Boyle or Team Kaiser. So, Gibbs, I'm going to start with you. Where, oh, where are you at with this? What is your choice? <laughs> Man, I wanted to hear you two first. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do a flip here. I'm Team Kaiser. Woo! I, <laughs> I, uh, I was Team Boyle, um, but I, I'll fight for the Kaiser. I'll fight for the Kaiser here. Um, but my, my reasoning behind Kaiser is when he when we first signed him, we got him from the Browns. His confidence was shot. He had He didn't believe in himself, and we literally had to build him up from the ground. Uh, we had to reteach him how to be a quarterback. Um, and my reasoning for wanting to keep him, even though the stats here, I'll give you the stats of Kaiser versus uh, Tim oh, Boyle boy. here. Get oh, ready, Boyle, buddy. Get Boyle ready, baby. 31 of 51 for 338 yards with five touchdowns and no interceptions. Very impressive. And Kaiser 17 of 30 for 196 with a touchdown and one interception. So that's this, that's this preseason. That's this yeah. preseason so far. And last game really was all Boyle. So, the stats are a little padded in his favor. I had to do a little research for this piece too. Can I throw out the college stats? Oh, well, hold on. You yeah, I, you get your you? chance here in a second, <laughs> Finn. Hold oh, on. Man. Oh, I, I, I say, like, as I a little counterpoint, teaser, <laughs> as a little teaser, I was watching the uh, watching the game, and when the Oakland announcers brought up just his Connecticut stats, I I thought for sure they were wrong. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> I was mind blown that a college it's quarterback. Amazing. Has- but continue, yeah. Josh, wrap it up, wrap it up why Kaiser is, is your pick. Yeah, so so why is this pick, my pick for this year? Uh, he's looking very comfortable in this offense. Uh, he's making very smart decisions, very unlike last year. Uh, he's doing check downs well, throwing the ball away, uh, and he's taking his time. He's, he's staying in the pocket. He's looking around. He's not just freaking out after the first read's covered. Um, he definitely needs some help in the screen game still, but the only thing that goes against him is the consistency. And that's why I was going to pick Boyle because he's just been more consistent than Kaiser this uh, off season. But I think Kaiser has way more upside. I, I think if you give him another year under Rogers 100%. and learning, he has more tools than Boyle to be a possible starter, um, possible trade bait in a couple of years. Uh, he's still young. Um, and that's the reason I'm keeping him. I'm not keeping him because I think he's the best right now. I think he has the most potential. All right, Dan, what do we got? Hundred percent. So, I mean, Ryan, you're a you're a UConn fan to some degree, right? So, did you follow Tim Boyle while he was at UConn? Uh, I will never follow UConn football if I were paid <laughs> strictly basketball. Absolutely gotcha. not. <laughs> so, his career statistics, and this includes his senior year where he transferred to Eastern Kentucky because he wasn't <laughs> so getting the playtime at UConn. So good. 55% passer. You'd like to see that at 65, right? 5.6 yards per attempt. That's ugh. And now let's do the touchdowns versus interceptions. 
in four years, 12 total touchdowns. 12. Yeah, baby. We're yep. not talking about like a five-game stretch. 12 total touchdowns in four years. Yep. 26 interceptions. 26. So his freshman year was zero touchdowns and eight picks. I don't know what was happening at UConn, but he was the starting quarterback for zero touchdowns and eight picks. Now, his senior year at Eastern Kentucky obviously showed some improvement, 11 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. So he never actually had a year where he had more touchdowns than interceptions. Oh, wow. Now, now with that, I want to state I had to spend a lot of time thinking about this. When we talked about, you know, let's let's talk about the backup quarterback position. I was trying to put my Notre Dame bias to the side and say Boyle has the better statistics in this preseason. He's got a little more calming effect when he has the ball. He seems mm-hmm. to go through his first read or two. I don't think he's really ever going to extend a play and get to his third or fourth reads. But he's going through his first read or two, and he's getting rid of the ball, and he's placing it accurately, right? So let's erase the college stats still. He had a nice preseason. But then let's flip to the Deshaun Kaiser background, right? So little known fact, but since I'm a, a Notre Dame fanatic, um, he left Notre Dame a year early, right? Um, all of these scouts and including his head coach were saying Kaiser needs to stay for his senior year. He left early and ironically about a year and a half into his Notre Dame career, he was talking about flipping to baseball because he was buried on the depth chart behind Brandon Wimbush and who else was it? Who cares? Right. But so he ends up, Oh, uh, Malik Zaire. Um, so he ends up getting the starting spot and I might have those names wrong, but call me out if you're a Notre Dame fan. Um, so he ends up getting the starter spot and he had an interview with Jack Collinsworth where he said, you know, I was bad. I was buried at the bottom of the depth chart and I really thought about flipping to baseball. And then all of a sudden some injuries and some turnover happened and he was second on the depth chart. Then he started committing to football in a way that he had not done before. So all this to say he was a bit of a late bloomer in his final two years at Notre Dame where he had, let's see if this sounds like Boyle's numbers at all. He had 47 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. So in his two years as a starter, both years he had more touchdowns than picks, 8.5 yards per attempt, almost double boils, and 60% completion. So he had room to grow in the completion percentage, uh, but that was something that everyone wanted him to fix his senior year. So his what should have been his senior year was 0-16 for Cleveland instead. So if he had stayed in a perfect world, last year would have been his rookie year. If he played that way as a rookie backing up Rodgers, I don't think any of us would be down on him right now. We'd say, you know, he shows potential. He's, he's got a future. Let's keep him. So with that said, my deciding factor was if we kept Tim Boyle, what do we get for Deshaun Kaiser? Yeah. Do you guys think we, I mean, we've gotten nothing for Josh Jones that just came out today. We got nothing for Mike Daniels. Do we think we get anything for Deshaun Kaiser? I, Honestly, I think no. we would. Oh. Do you think you would? Yeah, I'd be seventh rounder at, you know, but I, I do think, I do think, because it's the, the exact same reason, the exact same reason you're talking well, about is he had a horrible situation at the Browns. He came into a, a big night, opening night that he was not prepared for mentally. So I will say, because we, we, this is officially the longest we've ever spent on backup quarterbacks. We're going to fast forward. <laughs> I'm going to say Tim, I'm going to say uh, Tim Boyle, I thought a lot about picking Manny, but you know, we had to keep it down to two. So, um, <laughs> So if you finish my reason, point fast, if if you keep Kaiser, you might have a chance of sneaking Boyle onto your practice squad still, and then you've still got a great quarterback situation. If yeah. you keep Boyle, you're losing Kaiser, so yep. you got to keep Kaiser. Yeah, and I I just his pocket presence presence, and we're talking about Boyle, it just seems so calming, and I love the fact that he was getting right into the face of I believe it was Harris after the St. Brown hit. I love mm-hmm. the fact that a, a quarterback right. just goes up and starts talking. Uh, 
So we're officially a Team Kaiser podcast. Team Kaiser. Uh, I, I I'm shocked at Boyle's college numbers. I don't know how he's even in this position. Uh, Kaiser, Kaiser just worries me. He just looks so scared, and I know it will take time, and hopefully he grows into it. But um, I just – it's Team it's Kaiser. Nice to see, to Team see Kaiser. So, pack it up, pod. Never thought I'd see the day. Team Kaiser. Yeah, baby. So now that we've established that, who our number two quarterback is, let's talk number two wide receiver. And assuming that, you know, knock on wood, Devonta Adams stays the number one this year, not only in the Packers, but one of the best wide receivers in the entire league, who is going to end the year as our number two guy? I, I think uh, it'll be MBS as long as he stays healthy. Um, uh, he has the most uh, potential out of all of the wide receiver core. I, I Honestly, I was really looking forward to hopefully seeing these guys in the preseason. Um, so I can't really speak to it much until I see these guys actually play. Right. Um, but that, that would be my guess just because of overall talent. Who who would you rate as the third? Would you say Geronimo or Kumaro? I would fight for Kumaro to be the third. Uh, Trevor Davis team. based on what we saw last well, night. Well, yeah. And Trevor Davis off that preseason game. Now it's against the twos and threes and he was lining up against normally the second best corner at all time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, let I mean he looked impressive in the open field. Get him the ball, let him run. Uh, yeah, but yeah, still I, I'd still say MVS. Yeah, yeah, and MVS, Vegas ads. Go yeah ahead, and MVS played a whole lot of snaps. I mean he was playing just about every snap. I think Adams obviously is the only one above him that plays more, and you just would hope that with that amount of time on field that he wouldn't be having these continual three catches here, one catch here. It's just it, if there's consistency, just by number of plays alone. MVS should be up there. What I'm excited for is I think Rodgers has a wide receiver core, probably at least six deep that he trusts. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's got Kumaro as a third or fourth option on most plays, probably a fourth option behind Allison and MVS and Adams. And you know he's got the trust in Kumaro. And then you look at his fifth option, whether that's going to be a Trevor Davis or a Shepard or a Lazard. Um, those are still like a lightning rod type player that Rodgers can find as a second or third option, you know, in the course of a play. So we got no lack of weapons for Rodgers coming into the year. That's super exciting. Yeah, and, I, and I'm really excited to see Allison because last year he started hot. Uh, he was mm-hmm. the go-to wide receiver mm-hmm. when we first started, uh, go-to number two, uh, I should recorrect. But, yeah. uh, and then he got hurt, and you know everybody forgot about him, and now we're all worried that he's not going to show up. I, I think he's going to show up. He's getting open the little that he's been on the field. I want to uh, say in the first the four. Ball. Yeah, I think in the first four games he had something like 300 yards and two touchdowns. So if you spread that off, he's a, a thousand plus. Yeah. He's he's looking towards that double digit touchdowns. I mean, he was huge. Is this the most or has the possibility of being the most fun wide receiver group that they're young, they're super yes. talented, they're raw? Yes. I know that there's some awesome years that we had in terms of Cobb and his prime and Jordy doing crazy things and young Adams and there was really, you know, those years. But this I mean this could be a boom and bust year. We could be sitting here in week eight going, good Lord, can we please just do something throwing the ball? But <laughs> I also think we could be in a situation that we just love these guys. We just love them. Yeah. I, I think what's going to free that up too is the guy we don't talk about because he's a known, he's he's a given as our number one. Uh, Devontae Adams is just, he gets himself open. He's got freakish footwork. Whether they want to press him or double him, leaving someone over the top, 
if they're doubling him, we have options two through four to go find, and they'll look great. And if they want to leave him in single coverage, whether they're off, man, press, zone, whatever, he shows that he's going to tear them up. So, you know, he could have a 1,500-yard year, or maybe he only has a 1,000-yard season with 10 touchdowns, you know, a, a quote-unquote bad year for a number one. But it frees up the other guys to to work one-on-one, and uh, it's, it's going to be super exciting to see how they divvy up those receptions. Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited to see because this. The, I'm so excited about this receiving group because Devonte Adams is taking him under his wing and teaching him everything he knows, and that's mm-hmm. dangerous. And these guys, the best thing that they all can do is run routes. They know how to get open. They know how to settle down when there's space. It's fun to watch. <clears throat> Even the young guys like Shepard and Lazard. I mean, like they, they're looking great in these preseason games, and they just yeah. learn the offense. I mean, no kidding. And there's somebody else I think we haven't mentioned yet, and I, don't, I know there's some worry on age and everything like that, but Jimmy Graham in his second year both in New Orleans and in Seattle, that second year he had the most yards in each of those seasons, and he doubled touchdowns, at least doubled touchdowns from the year before. Wow. So if things were to click, looking at around 750 yards, maybe that five or six touchdown range, I mean, that could be absolutely huge, putting him probably in the third air third tier uh, of receiver or third on the list in terms of produ- production. So sure. it could be really, really interesting if we can get the tight end game going as well, which we know LaFleur likes to do. So with that, let's do a little pick em action. We're going to start let's with the it. running backs who we haven't even talked about yet. Aaron Jones, which will be higher, number of total touchdowns or games played? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Finn, you first. Oh, man, that's hard. So touchdowns, rushing, and receiving. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keeping in mind uh, that, that last year he had nine. Over. Yeah, that means he's got to go over 16 if I got him healthy. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, he's got more games played than touchdowns. Maybe it's the pessimistic view, uh, but running back's just a spot that gets banged up. Uh, you know, I think a good year out of him is like 10 to 12 touchdowns. I think we'd be pretty happy, I think. Uh, so I'm going to go more games played. I will go more touchdowns because I think he will be banged up a little this year. Uh, I don't think he'll have a full season, uh, but I, I, I'll say more touchdowns and go around. Uh, so we got to be, we got to make sure we're tracking these so we can pay out some bets by the end of the we year. Should. We should. I, in my mind, I had 14 games, 12 touchdowns. So I'm, I'm also going to pick games. Yeah. Um, which will be more Devonte Adams touchdowns or Roger interceptions? Oh, Devonte Adams touchdowns. Yeah, what are, yeah, totally. Rodgers is gonna have like three to five picks. He's shown. Yeah. And Adams is gonna have more than that. Yeah. Dumb question. There was there was one. <laughs> thing really there, well, here's the thing: is on one of the sites, Vegas had nine and a half for both, which Ooh, I thought nine was and a half picks. That's high for picks. That's yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, so we under, need to yeah. go jump on that. That's the new offense. That's the new offense curve right there. Yeah, yeah. He's shown he'll he'll take the sack before he throws a pick though which leads to injuries, but he's shown he's not going to throw nine picks. And this last one is more of a, a personal thing, which, which where are we headed, hedging the odds at the end of the season? Will we be happy or upset at the LaFleur offensive system? So happy. So happy. <laughs> I was trying to time it with you. <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Are we worried at all? Are we worried that, I mean, 
Or do we give the benefit of the doubt that just no. by having that fresh blood, we are already in a better place? No, I'm not worried. I won't even be worried if week one is a little spotty. Uh, I want to see week two against the Vikings in Lambeau. That'll be that after two weeks. I think we can have a, a formalized opinion on it. Uh, but everything I've seen, you know, there's not much to see in the preseason really, but uh, for the listeners, if you don't follow Ben Fennel at The Athletic, he does a film review for each week for the Packers and does an awesome job with it. Um, he's broken down some of the progressions that LaFleur builds into the offense where the same play with the same motion all of a sudden has a different outcome or a different target. Uh, you know, and they've ran the same formation and motion three plays in a row, and then all of a sudden it's a deep bomb for 30 yards, right? So um, I think it's exciting to watch those progressions play out, and I don't know how you defend against something like that that LaFleur builds in. So I think we're going to be happy with it by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm going to be ecstatic. I, as soon as they hired LaFleur, I'm like, I can't wait for Rodgers to get his hand on that playbook because it is just fun. It's a throw-around, uh, uh, air-it-out offense. You know, get it in people's hands, let them run. Uh, so and play I can and taking a snap from from under center instead of shotgun twenty four seven. Yeah, and screen passes. And look at how bad back. we look what at is, how bad our offensive. Pass? Yeah, what look at how bad our offensive line looks at running the screen because we haven't ran it for four years. Like, <laughs> and v- oh Vitaly, my goodness, uh, Danny Vitali came back to practice today using a fullback. I mean, we're excited just talking about it. I think we're going to be pretty happy by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, that will pretty much do it. Next week. Uh, the boys are coming down to Tampa. We're all going to go to the Badger game, which will be exciting. We'll, we'll do we'll we'll do probably a drunk podcast in person oh, yeah. on Thursday to see how it will go. And I think the 53-man roster is a little bit more solidified than we would have thought. I think there's a few things that we need to discuss. But other than that, yeah. I think we feel, feel pretty good about where we're at. Um, and then we'll just look at the season ahead as we are finally step-by-step step, days away from this hell of a preseason being done. So thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Go back up.